Boo. You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm the girl that's gonna save your life. Eh, you shot pretty well for a boy. Can't you handle a woman with a big gun? I put the fun in funeral. I like my men covered in blood. Hail to the queen, baby. I can, and I will. I can, and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the sirens. Welcome to another spine-chilling episode of Sirens of Horrors. As always, I'm your mistress of evil, Ella Avella, along with... Her sister of sin, Ashy Slashy. The call is coming from inside the house. These eight words have been uttered by countless groups of teenagers around campfires and a few uh, bongs as well. I think I've been involved in both. Yep. <laughs> it's a story. I think when we, we started the Urban Legends series, mm-hmm. um, I kind of wanted to hold off on this one for a little while. But it's it's the Urban Legend. When mm-hmm. you think about it, the, the movies that have been made from Black Christmas... To the call is coming from inside the house. No, it's uh, when a stranger calls. Oh, when a stranger calls. I always forget that. I always forget uh, the actress. She's like in everything when she's like 40. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I watch the film, I'm like, you look familiar. <laughs> uh, but it's the most pervasive, the most iconic story. And I, it's still to this day, I mean, not so much anymore, because, uh, Ashy, do you have a landline? No. I don't think anyone has a landline. Like, I know, like, I know Em has a lamb, land, landline, a lamb line. The lamb comes running in the house saying something. Um, I know Em has a landline, but I think they really only use it so they can buzz people in. I think she has only a connected to her intercom. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the only people that I think use it are like older, like some of her older family members to call her on it. But like probably like USPS and FedEx. Yeah, but like for the most part, all she really gets is like you know people trying to get in the gate if they're coming to see her or spam calls. Would you like to renew your auto insurance? Your <laughs> warranty is coming to a lies. Yeah. I mean, hell, we get those on our cell phones. <laughs> we do. Uh, my parents still have a landline. And I still have it memorized. <laughs> I still call my mom every day on her landline. <laughs> but my parents are old and weird. So, and I like to tell them how to download apps. So let's have them keep that landline for the uh, sanctity of my sanity. Yeah. <laughs> let's not have them change like, over to cells. I know, like, for example, like, I know, like, obviously my, my in-laws have a landline. Uh, but, and they use, like, they use it a lot. Like, they'll, and it's funny, they have one of those, like, answering machines connected to it that's, like, call from... And then it'll oh, say that like, my, my the parents have the same or the thing. name of the person. My mom always jokes, hello, wireless caller. <laughs> yeah. Because I refuse to have my phone number attached to my name. 
Because mm-hmm. that way people can find your phone number. And that creeps me out a lot. But yeah, and it's just so loud. Like, we'll be sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden, call frog, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, insert whatever it is here. And just like, Jesus, okay, there's a call coming. All right, thanks for the alert. <laughs> I mean, I think that would maybe make the babysitter story creepier, though, <laughs> if they have that. <laughs> Where it's like, call from a children's bedroom. I'd be like, nope, I'm out. That's yeah. it. That's I'm it. <laughs> I'm really sorry, kids. I apologize. But I am so not here for this. So I actually like, I have a freaky fact about this story. A freaky couple. fact already. But you've been this getting actually freaky kind of facts neat. early, Ashy. Yeah. I'm kind of like proud of that. <laughs> So this legend, unfortunately, isn't just a tale made up to frighten your childhood BFF. It's actually rooted from an unsolved murder case in the 1950s. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Teenage babysitter Janet Christman was murdered 67 years ago. Well, that's probably later. I don't know when this article was written, but like years ago. A long time ago. Yes, but the crime is still unsolved. I'm so happy I never babysat now. <laughs> I I babysat, but thankfully never had to deal with a call coming from inside the house. <laughs> I think even now to this day, besides like a close and intimate group of friends, mm-hmm. nobody should ever trust me with small children. Yeah. Not for like I'll endanger them. It's just you'll come back and they'll be like, Mama, Mama, this is how you make a man hat him. <laughs> and a ship in case somebody decides to shake you on the playground. <laughs> no, I feel like you would probably be like the babysitter that teaches them how to survive if this situation were to happen. Like, Ash, when eventually you have a daughter, I'm mm-hmm. going to help raise Erin from your next. Oh, yeah. Like, she will be so ultimately prepared that, like, she'll know what to do if somebody grabs her, talks to her wrong, invades her house. She summons, like, a hellion, gets stuck <laughs> in a cabin in the woods, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. Like, she's going to be, like, an eight-year-old being like, so I'm coming to show and tell to show you how to booby trap and kill everyone in your house. Yep. And I'm just in the <laughs> background being like, that's my goddaughter. I'm so proud of her. And then I feel like you and I would look at each other and just like high five. Yeah, we're just both crying, high fiving. All of the other moms are deeply concerned. <laughs> but she is now suddenly the most popular girl in class because she knows shit. Exactly. <laughs> so the rule of the babysitter is ladies and gentlemen raise your daughters to prepare for horror films pretty much yeah <laughs> so the basic storyline of the babysitter the call is coming from inside the house uh so many different incarnations of this i mean scream kind of does it too mm-hmm. is the idea that you are um alone with small children or just alone in your house because i'm gonna i'm gonna add a screen to this Mm -hmm. uh because there's a lot of stories about like the call coming from inside the house where she's just alone yeah it also like includes like black christmas and stuff and you are a 
young uh, female and you get a phone call and it's either graphic or lewd or have you checked on the children in some way, very much a nay-nay situation. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm out, bitch. You hang yeah. up the phone. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. And in either way, who you think is some, you know, drunk frat boy or your boyfriend or your boyfriend's friend is really, truly a mass murdering psychopath that's inside your own house yeah and this goes back to the original ideas of the urban legend is taking away safety we talked about this a little bit in the last episode Mm -hmm. but urban legends are meant to wherever you tell them make you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it's meant to make you look around at your surroundings a little bit more unnerved a little bit more this And I think the big thing about uh, the call coming from inside the house, uh, departing from Scream, Mm because I just, I want to hang out with my Scream movie. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Um, But in both Black Christmas, the call's coming from inside the house, it's always an idea that there are other people there that Mm -hmm. you're kind of trying to protect. Yeah. Like, as a teenage girl, um, Society tells us we should care about small children. We are women, you care for the young. You are a woman, you care for your weaker women, your Mm -hmm. sorority sisters. So it's always this kind of fear of um, self-preservation versus that maternal instinct for, like, children and your sisterhood. Yeah of like it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword like oh if you run away you're abandoning your sisters and the kids but if you check you get in a hunting knife to the abs like mm-hmm. that's it uh so it's like kind of a no-win situation that just freaks you out to the core and I, i've never met a guy that's scared of this story Mm-hmm. I've never met a guy that's like, oh, Black Christmas creeps me out. Or that that first scene from Scream scares me. Mm-hmm. It's a purely woman thing of feeling hunted. Yeah. Well, like, even then in, uh, hell, Nightmare, the Nightmare for Christmas, or sorry, not Nightmare for Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the one that we just watched. Uh, New Nightmare. New Nightmare. They do that, too. Like, she keeps getting calls from Freddy. Yeah, uh, the the demon that is Freddy. Mm-hmm. Freddy demon? Freddy Krueger? Okay, we, we discussed this a few episodes ago. <laughs> Just go back and watch it. I don't want to go back into that loophole. So, like, yeah, I feel like a lot of different, there's a lot of different movies and stuff that even, it may not be a babysitter per se, but it's, like, some stranger is prowling on a woman and just, and using the phone to, like, gravitate the woman towards them it's it's the tormentation i mm-hmm. think it's always very mocking and it's kind of always for me been a very much no like i said like no guy's scared of this no guy's scared of getting a phone call where it sounds like a woman's masturbating on the phone mm-hmm. women like that's happened to a lot of girls I know, even on cell phones, where guys will, I mean, love of God, uh, it, it's 
now kind of different, but like the unwanted dick pic is mm-hmm. kind of the masturbation on the phone now. Exactly. But it's the idea of, of a man using this form of communication, mm-hmm. whether it's vocally or now you can kind of put it through pictures to impose yeah. on a woman. And that's the same thing through everything. Wes Craven, Scream, all of these films. And there's so many to count. Mm-hmm. Of this sexual, I, I always feel it's slightly sexual. I would, I would agree on that, yeah. Because always described as like heavy breathing. Why aren't you checking on the kids? Like, there's always a little bit of like sexual malice. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that really taps into the fact that, like, as women every day, this isn't something where, like, oh, God, like, um, the hook or the guy in the back seat or Candyman. Mm-hmm. Candyman. Oh, wait, that's all I can do. Sorry. Um, stuff like that. That is so, like, okay, that could happen. The idea of some weird ass guy stalking you, hurting people and being obsessive. Every woman I know is like, oh, that's Jeremy. That's Kevin. That's Mm -hmm. Liam. That's Michael. That's Matthew. Every woman has a situation that you've at least thought could get to that point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's scary yeah, and it's it's kind of funny how you actually mentioned earlier that, you know, sometimes it usually ends up being like the, you know, the local neighborhood boy or, you know, the frat boy or her boyfriend or whatever. And in the case of the actual, the actual story that this legend kind of comes from, it was just a, it was a serial killer. Like, and I'm guessing, you know, she probably at the first time when she heard the phone call, because it usually, because it's usually a once or tw- it's usually a two, uh, a two time call, basically, like, it's the first, you know, the first call, you're like, okay, ha ha, what, you know, you think it's, you're, you, you dismiss it, because women are so used to being cat called and screwed with. Yeah, exactly. That you're, that you're like, like oh, oh whatever, Brian. Yeah, like, oh, it's Brian. Oh, it's Chad. You know, playing a trick on it's me. It's always a Chad. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a stalker named Chad. It was not fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I actually had a stalker in high school that I didn't know was a stalker. <laughs> um, until his mom came over and returned articles of my clothing that he had stolen, and like books of mine. And she was like, yeah, we put him, like, in therapy and stuff like that, but I figured you'd want this back. <laughs> and we later figured out he had, like, broken into our house. It's, but then there's this weird, so let's, because the babysitter one, it's a good urn legend, but it's, like, mostly, like, a really big discussion piece for this week. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss for a second. I'm just going to break this up for, like, a little bit. The fetishification of the stalker lately Mm -hmm. in female culture. Like the show You and Mm -hmm. uh, how uh, they use Zach 
Efron to play Ted Bundy. And the guy that plays Ramirez, who was not attractive, he had like four front teeth. Richard Ramirez yeah. was not an attractive human being. Yeah. Uh, well, and the, like everyone, it's funny. I speaking of Richard Ramirez, everyone gets them confused. It's because uh, everyone's like, "Oh, Richard Ramirez was the dating game killer," and uh, like, and that's like that's what I thought too until I watched that uh, that the documentary, and it's the Night Stalker, and I was like, "Oh, those are two completely different men." Yeah, Richard Ramirez is not attractive like, at all. Yeah. Uh, but, but they make him attractive in American Horror Story. They make him attractive in American Horror Story, and the actor they used to portray him for the scenes in the Night Stalker documentary is decently attractive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had a conversation with a coworker. Oh God, this feels. I, I'm about to say something, and it feels like I'm going on board looking for the Titanic. Uh, we were walking out of our office to go grab lunch at Whole Foods a few blocks away, <laughs> maskless and uh, two feet away from each other. In the before times. Uh, I just, I had that moment of like remembering that and I'm like, oh God, that was 83 years ago. I walked to Whole Foods. <laughs> That's how it feels right now. Uh, yeah, but we were much. having a conversation about this weird fetishism of women. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I think it comes from the social media. Uh, this guy might be a creep, but he likes all my videos or he likes on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. This weird fetification of the stalker kind of character that I think it's not quite millennial i think it's gen z some millennials of course because like a little bit younger millennials i'm an older millennial (laughs) i'm 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 a little bit on the i'm on the cusp on the later 80s cusp of being a millennial um but this weird like legitimately i guess there's a scene in us where he calls her from her house And it's seen as, like, sexy? I refuse to watch the show because I'm like, ah, this does not seem like something I'm comfortable with. Like, I've had a few stalkers, and I've also had ex-boyfriends that have massively crossed lines afterwards, like, deciding they're going to propose to me when I'm with somebody else in states away, Mm -hmm. or trying to track my phone, or very, very creepy things. So I'm not into that shit. Yeah. Uh, but the way that, like, from, like, the 70s to the 80s, and even to the 90s, like, this was a scary thing. hmm And now I feel like the babysitter would probably be remade into, like, a romantic thriller. Like, if yeah. you remade the babysitter now, I feel like it would be slightly romanticized. I know it's uncomfortable, but I'm not wrong. Look at Netflix. No, you're not. And that's 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 just a just that's an uncomfortable thought, an uncomfortable but true thought. Informative murder porn. People like this shit. It's Mm -hmm. weird. I mean, I I will admit, I I am slightly 
culpable for one film. It doesn't have the call from coming from inside the house, but the same thing is you remember Fear with Mark Wahlberg? I don't think I saw it, but I know of it. You'll, you, you, you know the, the roller coaster scene. He's fingering her on the Santa Monica roller coaster, and it's a very attractive scene. But he thus turns into a psychopath and does do like the calls coming from inside mm. the house. But there's like one sexy scene, and then for the rest of the film, you're like, no, Marky, Mark, you die. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, like, I mean, like you said, or like you said earlier, now nowadays, st- stalkerism. Okay, we're going, that's our phrase for the rest of the podcast: stalkerism. uh stalkerism is romanticized now which is weird and uncomfortable it's creepy as fuck yeah and it's it's very strange to kind of look at this because in you know the the biggest time the babysitter story was the big one the calls coming from inside the house somebody's going to kill you Mm-hmm. Um, it it was a legitimate fear you were alone mm-hmm. and uh, nowadays we're A we're never alone we have our phones we have all this stuff there was like a degree of like chivalry guys had to show you back in like you know even up to the 90s mm-hmm. like you know you might look at like Pretty and Pink and 10 Things I Hate About You, West Side Story, um, mm-hmm. Some Like It Hot Even. It's the guy that treats you like you're a classy dame. Exactly. That's who you end up with. You don't end up with a bad boy. You don't end up with the controlling guy. Mm-hmm. You end up with the whether or not he's wholesome to begin with. I mean, exactly. like, look at Greece. The whole point is, like, Danny Zuko puts on a cardigan for her, and it's like, I'm gonna join Glee Club, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So you look for that, and that was kind of what we were brought up, being like, that's what you look for. Exactly. And then there's just been this weird switch to, like, you know, do I want to fuck Kylo Ren? Yes. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> I want to climb Adam Driver like a sycamore. <laughs> uh, that's like, I want to marry Adam Driver. I want to fuck Kylo Ren. Exactly. I still have the knowledge of like, dear God, do I want you? But will I take you home to meet my parents? Hell the fuck no! You kill yours! Exactly. Well, no, see, I mean, if putting Adam Driver into the Star Wars context, yeah, Jedi in the streets, Sith in the sheets. But you still want a gentleman. You mm-hmm. still want a guy that treats you right. Exactly. And, and there's become this weird fetishization. That is a word I probably just came up with, but <laughs> I'm going with it. Okay, I came up with stalkerism, so it's fine. <laughs> This is this is our uh, word of the day episode. Have fun. Of <laughs> uh, what's gone from being like the ultimate fear for women, of being like somebody's gonna break into your house and call you and hurt people 
that you love mm -hmm. or care for at least or know their names. I don't know how long you've been babysitting these kids. I don't know your emotional entanglement with the children. That's not particularly described in them, but I'm going to go with you love these kids because it makes my point work better. <laughs> um, and hurt things you love mm -hmm. because they want to show you how much they love you and want you and need to control and claim and dominate you is suddenly sexy. Yeah, it's really strange. It's weird. It's like, like, I remember as a kid, well, not as a kid, I remember like as a teenager, when I was in high school, I remember like, if my parents weren't home, and it was just me, like, I remember, because we had a two-story house, so I remember I would go downstairs, mm -hmm. looking around every fucking corner, going in the kitchen, grabbing the fucking butcher knife, and running right back up the stairs. And the butcher knife was, like, right on my desk. Like, if I was doing homework, it's on my desk, and I'm doing homework. If I'm watching TV, it's by, it's on my nightstand by my bed, like. I was just screwed in my house. Ashley's been to my parents' house. Uh, there's very, my house is designed for, like, horror films. Yeah. Like, wherever you are in that house, there's a window. I don't think there's a single space. No, in my parents' bathroom, my parents' bathroom and the upstairs bathroom are the only two places in this house without massive windows. <laughs> so it's funny. Uh, my, my husband and I are in the process of moving. And so we're looking at like houses on Zillow and all of this stuff. And... A couple of the houses we found like had these like giant wind like I mean giant fucking windows like I think it was one in the kitchen that like led to the backyard in one of these houses but it was literally like this giant like five pane window that was like all the way down like almost to the ground like of course there's like a divider a wall and floor. yeah a trimming yeah like it had a trimming on it but I was just like, why would you want a giant window like this? Like, A, no privacy. B, giant fucking window that you could like, oh, look, there's the killer. He's right outside my window. Oh, look, I can see him so far. I can see the blood dripping off his knife and the last five bodies he slaughtered. <laughs> also, Ashley, I would like to remind you, most people do not think in terms of horror films. Those people will be the first to die. Yep. <laughs> I'm not saying these people are good or normal because they are most definitely the first to die. We will survive, but we're survivors. <laughs> we're gonna make it. <laughs> you just miss it. Sometimes I forget this is a podcast because we're looking at each other, so I just start dancing. Yep. And so I'm like, one, day, one day people will be able to see our shenanigans. The shenanigans are great multitudinous. <laughs> the third word of the night. Multitudinous. <laughs> I like this word, multitudinous. Um, anyway, uh, back, so I was gonna say, back to the babysitter. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny how there's like, there's so many different versions of it. Like, you know, there's obviously the version that, ev like I said, everyone tells around the campfire. Um, there's the one that you mentioned in, um, 
when a stranger calls. Yeah. Apparently it was also in scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, it's in scary stories to tell in the dark too. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know I, that. I was like, oh, I, that's safe. I feel like I just like got like an Xbox achievement <laughs> for remembering which scary stories to tell in the dark this is in. I will admit on Halloween this uh last year we're in 2021 now yep um I did spend the end of Halloween because if anyone recalls I had no power Mm -hmm. I did finish up uh my Halloween with by a lantern a legitimate kerosene lantern reading scary stories tell the dark by myself I did not like going to bed that night in the house with no power. And I greatly that, regretted that. That sounds absolutely terrifying. No, thank you. <laughs> if I'm going Halloween, I'm going Halloween. I mean, yeah, might as well. Um, and like, I guess apparently in another version, it doesn't say where this version came from, but the babysitter does go check on the children each time that, you know, she gets the call. Uh-huh. Um, each time she were with her noticing a creepy clown statue that she assumes is just part of the decor. No, no, no. Never assume that the creepy clown statue is part of the decor. I cannot explain how uncomfortable. Okay, so I don't have a problem with clowns. I used to, but not anymore. But yes. No, no, here, here's the thing. I have no problem with people dressed up as clowns. I have no problem with uh, the Terrifier, Pennywise, anything. I have no goddamn problem with people as clowns. Any form of a clown statue, a clown doll, a clown mural, anything like that. And I immediately get poltergeist flashbacks. And I am terrified. No, I remember like both me and you. Oh yeah. I remember like both me and you when we went to Ilo Scary Movies and we went from the, the, like the, we went into, like we went through the it thing and it was cool because like, you know, they had the, the the curtain of boats, which was really cool. And we were fine with it. We We had a hand that you could like reach out and touch and take pictures of that. As soon as we turned around, there was a giant wall of clown statues and the coffin that says, I can't remember, what, what did it say in the coffin? Uh, uh, something, some, it's, it's Wills. Yes. It's like, skeet, skeet, Georgie. Oh, beep, beep. Beep, beep. It's beep, beep. Beep, beep, Richie. Beep, 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 Richie. That's what it is. It's Richie's. It's beep, beep, Richie. Yeah. Yeah, the moment I saw that giant wall of, like, that honestly was the scene in It Chapter One that scared the piss out of me. Was that oh, room? Yeah. For fucking sure. Like somebody could like strip walk up to me in clown makeup with a chainsaw and I would probably die before I screamed. Mm-hmm. Like they probably could run me through the chainsaw before I was like scared as that. But you could put me in a room with all of the lights on with a machete and a single fucking clown doll. And I'm going to be terrified so bad. So the idea of walking into a room and seeing a life-size clown statue, 
I probably would leave at that point. Honestly, I'd be yeah. like, I'm sorry. I'd be like, kids, you want to come? Because that's your last chance for me to babysit your asses. Yep. Um, so yeah, she thinks that it's part of the decor, which by the way, it's never part of the decor. Giant cookie. As is intention to all parents, all future parents, and all people that want to be parents. No fucking clowns. <laughs> never. When yeah. whenever ever I has a clown been good? Whenever yeah. in the history of media stories or life has having a clown in a kid's room gone well right <laughs> if i have any family members that listen to this podcast no clowns for whenever i have a child none i'm sorry i will um i will take ashy's gift show it to her and then i'm going in the back dousing it in lighter fluid and lighting it on fire covering it in salt putting it in an iron box and burying it in the holy ground <laughs> uh, just in case <laughs> so she then obviously ends up uh or it obviously ends up being the human in question she learns this when she mentions it to her mother via a phone call who alerts her to the fact that they don't have a clown statue and she is never seen again because the man dressed up as a clown or the man dressed up as a clown that acted like a statue either kidnapped her or killed her or kept her locked up somewhere and she started to rot away and the police just found her dead. I want to say I love you, Ashley. I want to love you. <laughs> but I, you know, when we watch like Lights Out and you really want to hit me with a pillow, be very happy you're very far away right now. <laughs> that, that, that was, that's payback for, you know, I, I gotta, you know, you, you scare me a couple of times, I gotta scare you a couple of times. It's only okay. fair. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that because I don't have the best eyesight at night. Mm -hmm. And we have now moved into a three-bedroom house. Um, and it is very big and it is very creaky. It has like the original wood floors everywhere. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and uh, as we've discussed on many other podcasts, we're all hydro flask girls. Mm -hmm. I, because I lived in Arizona for a number of years, drink an obscene amount of water every day. Mm -hmm. I got into the habit when I lived in a very, very dry environment. And now if I don't do it, I just get very, very dehydrated. Right. And so I'll wake up in the middle of the night and because I'm not wearing my glasses, and the space in the house is so big, sometimes when you step somewhere, the board will creak like across a room. <laughs> and we have bookcases everywhere because we have a small library in our house. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it'll look like there's somebody standing in a corner with just a, a bookshelf, but because the creak has followed through. So if I end up punching a bookshelf, tonight at one o'clock in the morning ashy uh that is all your goddamn fault because uh yeah that that idea terrifies me i i've actually never i've heard a lot of the babysitter ones mm -hmm. um i've never heard that babysitter one yeah neither have i that's why i was like when i read it i was just like yeah 
No, and thank you. I, and want to know what? I wish I had never heard this. <laughs> I wish I'd, I'd never read it, to be honest. I've actually never truly read a babysitter one that's like genuinely creeped me out mm-hmm. until my 30s. <laughs> and now I feel like when eventually I have a babysitter, they're getting like a lights on tour of the house. <laughs> Some bear mace. <laughs> And, like, I don't know, a few road flares. A road flare is if, if a girl in a horror film lights up a road flare, she's going to live. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. That's my weird theory about road flares. Because if you have a road flare and you're a girl in a horror film, you eventually get to do, the, like, the big, like, light shining on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that that has made me um so deeply uncomfortable. I was gonna say let's move into Ashy Slashy's freaky fact corner, uh, but I'm a little frightened right well, now. Funny, like I actually like I thought I would find more, but I think the only one, the only like really freaky fact that I found was the fact that this is actually some based girl got on, murdered. Yeah, like it's based it. on true life. Like it's based on you know true events to basically. So like I guess I could read a little bit more into the truth of that murder. Yeah, let's let's go with the OG murder. All right. I don't watch enough FBI files and true crime. And uh, let's let's this, not go into how many crime shows. So Ella this is watches. this is Ashley and Ella's true crime segment of the podcast. Oh, I'm so down to do this regularly. I know <laughs> so much. Maybe we should do that next. Like that should be one of the things we do next season. Is like random true, true crime. Crimes. The true crimes of Los Angeles, where Ashy and I were born and bred. If you ever wondered how we turned out this way, Los Angeles. <laughs> and I'm I'm moving to a true one of the one of the most famous true crime areas in California. So you didn't you didn't know that I was very I didn't happy. until I found that out. And I was just like, oh, it actually is the murder capital of the world. Yeah, Ashy, who's a massive fan of Lost Boys, you, I'll actually probably say you probably love Lost Boys more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love Lost Boys, but probably like my favorite vampire films are gonna go closer, like Dust Till Dawn, John Carpenter's Vampire, mm-hmm. and like you know, Grom. I like the weird ass shit. <laughs> and uh, Dust Till Dawn just, it has Selma Hayek. I can't argue. And John Carpenter's is just like some weird ass Western. <laughs> and I like it. Uh, but she didn't know that San Jose was serial killer territory. And it was known from 1985 to 1987 as the murder capital of the world because uh so yeah there was a man called herbert mullen who helped to actually call it wasn't san jose it was santa carla which is very very close to san jose Mm -hmm. uh who thought he heard voices telling him to kill random people to stop the coast of southern california from falling into the ocean and the thing about this serial killer that was so interesting was he thought that people were telepathically telling him to kill them 
in order to save Southern California. So he went from killing like 90-year-old grandpas to 15-year-old girls to whole families. Herbert Mullen had absolutely no like planned pattern. Yeah. Because he was insane. But I, I told Ashley about that when she was moving. She's like, oh my God, it was legit like, like the murder capital of the world. And also the Golden State Killer did make his way down to San Jose during mm-hmm. that same period. So you actually at one point in San Jose had two active serial killers in yeah. one place. And that's why San Jose and Santa Carla became known as the murder capital of the world. All right, so now, like, back to Babysitter and the true crime version of the Babysitter. This has been Ella's true crime version. I'm handling it off to Ashley Slashy for our next true crime part. So, eighth grader Janet Christman had decided to skip a party with her classmates to babysit for a local family. Wait, eighth grade? Yeah, she was an eighth grader. Like, 13? Oh, I'm suddenly so much more uncomfortable with this story. (laughs) The three-year-old boy she was babysitting was already asleep when she arrived. Never a good sign. (laughs) It was an eerie kind of night, recalled Jeanette's friend Carol, decades later in a documentary called Killer Legends, which now I want to (laughs) watch. So down. I was also babysitting and I just felt uneasy, she said. Reports say that the night in that that night in Columbia, the temperature was below freezing and it was raining and sleeting. Uh oh. Little is known about what happened next, but here's what we know. Oh God, I, I hate the, the the phrase "little is known." Mm-hmm. Janet Christman was raped and strangled to death with an iron cord. The killer was likely someone she knew. Oh my and God. Janet tried to call the police, but they heard on the other line at the end of the line. What they heard on the other end of the line was a was desperate screams telling them to come quick. Police were unable to trace the call. Uh... Okay, Ashley, I feel like every vengeance you've ever wanted <laughs> that I was so unaware this I was like oh whatever we're doing babysitter we're doing call for comes inside the house it's black Christmas it's that it's whatever and suddenly I feel like it's gonna be me at like two o'clock in the morning with a flashlight and a butcher knife in bed <laughs> oh god That is deeply traumatizing. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Soon after Jeanette's phone call to the police, Mrs. Uh, her last name was Romack. Or no, the pe- the family that she uh, was babysitting was for. Baby- babysitting for was Romack. Mrs. Romack tried to calling to check how the night was. Oh, she God. received a busy signal, but thought a little of it. Because, you know, she figured, okay, my kid's asleep. She's probably on the phone with, like, a friend or whatever. Her boyfriend, whatever. 
It was only when the Romax came home that they realized what the busy signal had been. The phone still off the hook while nearby laying or well nearby laying next to it was Janet's dead body. Despite the urban legend, there is no hard evidence that Jeanette's killer uh, placed any calls to the Romex phone on the night of the murder, either from or, or either from inside or outside the house. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nene. Night. The Romex found Janet's body on their living room floor at 1.30 a.m. Wow, they had a late night. Uh, get it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, go into the disco. Okay, this the disc- like yeah, 1960s. So I think they had discos back then. I don't know. <laughs> um, when they came home, signs of a violent struggle spread across two rooms, but thankfully their three-year-old kid was safe and he had slept through the entire thing. You're a dick, kid. <laughs> oh my god. Local police questioned dozens of men that uh, for their in their search for the killer. The most likely suspect was Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. Mueller. Mueller, probably. Probably. M U L L E R. Yeah. M- no connection. No, no connection. No connection. <laughs> to our most recent Robert Mueller that we love. Yeah. Uh, a friend of the Romax, Miss Romax testified testified that Mueller to uh age 27, had commented on Janet's well-developed form. She's 13! Apparently she developed early. Uh, Moeller was known to carry around a mechanical pencil that matched the puncture runes on the police found on Janet's body. He stabbed her with a mechanical pencil? Apparently. You know, normally I love this podcast and it's my <laughs> favorite day of the week. And never in my life have I been more anxious to not be doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not. I went into this just being like super, like, I don't know, like, like strong arm, like, yeah. Whatever, babysitter urban legend. No urban legend screws with me. And now I'm like, I want my teddy and a blanket. Oops. <laughs> oh, don't even lie. You're loving this, Ashy. <laughs> just admit how much you're loving this. <laughs> okay, maybe just a little. Uh. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, I give this urban legend, uh, pre tonight, a one out of five post tonight, a 17 out of five. (laughs) And the scariest thing that will now never leave my head is a man sized clown slowly moving in towards me in the darkness. (laughs) Tomorrow on our Facebook, you will just see Ella says, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) And that will be all. Oh, I just, you, you took it to, here's the thing that I think I, I never got fucked up with the babysitter one. Mm-hmm. It was never specific. 
Yeah, exactly. You didn't know that it was that it was actually a real thing. Well, no, like this is this is actually a very interesting thing because remember how we talked about on the last episode of like this happened to my best friend Ella, this happened to this person. It's it's in the specifications that exactly the- like you with the um with the humans like two you could kind of you could you could localize it to a specific group of people but and I to think, a specific place because I, it wasn't real. Yeah, but I think the thing is, I always heard the babysitter legend was so vague. And I didn't know anybody. We were like, by the time we were both like teenagers, it was 20, like 2000. Nobody yeah. babysat in the year 2021. You know, you had after school cares and daycares and grandparents. Yeah, whatever. We like, I probably in middle America, but nobody in Los Angeles babysat in the 2000s. Yeah. Unless it was like, this is my co worker's daughter, like super close functionality. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, you know, there's times when I would go to a theater camp up in Washington. And I'd go up there a week in advance and I would be like, I would help, you know, babysit the kids. And it was one of my mom's coworkers. And yeah, like, and it was like one of my mom's coworkers or like, you know. As long as you don't have sex there, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the neighbor's kids, you know, like, but again, like in like 2000, I think I was pretty much like, okay, cool. Babysitting was fun, but now I'm over it. Yeah, so, like, there was never a babysitting story that could ever be, like, that affected me. Yeah. Because I was, like, babysitting? Who the fuck does that? But now putting in the, like, the iron wire and her calling on the phone and the clown, weirdly enough, now in my 30s, the babysitter myth after this hour-long podcast scares me more than when it did when it should have scared me because nobody ever put in details to the stories whenever I exactly. heard it as a kid and those little details like it was just there was a call that came in from and came from the house she answered she thought it was her boyfriend or the boy next and door it's, it's either the kids are dead or the kids are alive or she lives or she dies Exactly. Those are like the four options is either the kids live or die or she lives or dies. That's mm-hmm. it. It's pretty basic. It never changes. It never gets the l'accoutrement. Uh, and you adding that uh, l'accoutrement clown from hell. Well, that was, that was, a, that was one of the urban legend ones. That one wasn't the actual story. Uh, that one has terrified me forever. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> La, la, la. <laughs> uh we will be doing next week's episode hopefully we'll have a special guest uh so we're gonna kind of keep next week's episode a little bit of a surprise because during the covid times it can be still hard to uh regulate things so keep updated for next week's episode and of course ashley you want to tell them where to find us they can find us on our Facebook and our Instagram, as well as our Patreon. Please do check out our Patreon, guys. Not only are you helping support our amazing content and entertaining your ear holes, but you are supporting a local charity. Each month we're do, um, 
helping support a different local charity. Ella, what is that charity this month? This month is actually going to be called Giving Hands. It is one that is local to the city I'm living in. It is Oklahoma City's one. And they help to give out food to the elderly. Right now, during COVID, they're estimating over 60% of the elderly are having food inadequacies. Oh, geez. And are not able to get out and be safely have food or cook food. So this is a system that brings them breakfast, lunch, and dinner safely cooked to them while they cannot go out right now. It's an amazing thing. Everybody that volunteers from the drivers to the chefs to the companies is completely nonprofit. So these people are not paying a single cent. So the money you're spending on the podcast is really helping to put a meal in front of an elderly person that desperately needs it. That's awesome. So yeah, not only are you helping us, but you're helping someone who can't get a meal during these hard times actually have food and be able to feed themselves, maybe their significant other or their families. You're, you're giving people food on their table. So please, please help those people out. Um, and you can also on our Patreon get amazing content that you wouldn't actually be getting on our Facebook or our Instagram. Um, My very silly face. Exactly. Eventually we will be posting up uh, videos of our recording. So you'll get to see all of our crazy faces, our dance moves, our <laughs> all of the weird and crazy shit that we do on this podcast. You'll actually get to see it happen. Um, and we'll also be releasing a special thing on our Patreon. Ella, what is that special thing? We will be doing once we've hit a marked number of Patreon subscribers. Like I said, once again, you guys are not just helping us out. You guys are helping out the needy and every month helping another donation. So it not just helps us, but makes you feel a little good. And on top of that, you'll be getting to watch a bi-monthly D&D game with me and Ashy going on Twitch and running a D&D game of us pretending to be our alternate personas of <laughs> Sam and Dee, the Winchester sisters, <laughs> while the amazing Joshua Henry Hubert, multiple times on this podcast, tries his best to murder, dismember, and smush us. <laughs> so yes, please do check out our Patreon and help out an amazing cause. And as always, good, bad, we're the girls with the mic. See y'all next week.